We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back. Sports Radio 94 WIP. Hugh Douglas, Joe Giglio, WIP Midday Show. We have Kyle Quinn behind the glass. You guys with us. 215-592-9494. And, you know, as we look forward to this offseason with the Eagles, it's a big one. Big decisions to come. The Jalen Hurts contract, the combine next week. And it's really about the trust we have in Howie Roseman. You trust him. Kyle trusts him to get it right this time, five years after he screwed up after a Super Bowl appearance. I've got to see it to believe it. I don't have that full trust in Howie to do it right this time. 215-592-9494. We'll get to your calls here in just a second. But, you, um, you know, we have the Phillies down in spring training. It's all revving up, full squad workouts and one of the biggest discussion points, and it's been this way since the minute they signed Trey Turner, is who's going to hit leadoff? Is it Schwarber? Is it is it Trey Turner? Well, we have Kyle Schwarber. John Clark caught up with him down at Clearwater. Here's his thoughts on Trey Turner and who should hit leadoff in the lineup. Um, I think it just adds another dynamic to the lineup that uh, you know we didn't have out of the leadoff spot last year. Who was in that leadoff spot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me. So. Uh, you know, if I, you, you know, you get a guy who can, you know, run the bases like he can and uh, create some havoc out there. It's only going to be better for uh, the, the guys behind him. So it sounds like Hugh that um, Schwarber is not opposed to Trey Turner taking that leadoff spot. He got wheels, and plus he can hit what in one, two, or three. He can hit anywhere. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, if you get a guy that that has those kind of wheels on first, like that, that's great for everybody else. Like that's that's some early easy runs. And it might be, and the, they have a lot of rule changes in baseball this year. I'm sure we'll talk a lot about this as we move forward. One of them is bigger bases. That's what I was about to say. They said they look like pizza boxes. Yeah. So I saw a picture side-by-side, side, the old base, new base. It, it's a big difference. And and they, they tested this out in the minor leagues, and it led to a lot more stolen bases. Because, you know, a lot of those are like you know, bang-bang kind of plays. Where yeah. you get your finger in there, you're safe. So now, you know, I think it's like four extra inches around the, you know, all sides. It's. I think it can make a difference. Trey Turner could steal a lot more bases this year than he had, and he, and he steals like he's had 50, 60 stolen bases. Yeah, and 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 to be honest, it, it's they're trying to make the game more exciting. Yes. When you talk about speeding up the pitcher and everything like that, they're trying to make the game more exciting because what's happening with baseball? First of all, baseball is regional, and second of all, the fan base is old. The fan base in baseball is old, and Too they're old. trying yeah. to they're trying to 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 make it more appealing. You know, you know what's funny. Side side note, like being in Georgia because I just came from Georgia. But the Savannah Bananas, have you ever heard of those guys? They're the ones that do they all. They are the wildest. Isn't it like? Could I describe Gimmicky. it as Harlem Globetrotters for yes. baseball? And they are. You can't get a Savannah Bananas ticket. Cannot get one. If anybody get like, if y'all traveling, whatever, going to spring training, if you get a chance to stop in Savannah, go check it out. Where well, if you can, 
or just look at it on YouTube because it is the wildest thing that they do with baseball ever, man. Can't, can't you get a player out by a fan catching a foul ball? Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, they got tons and of they wacky do, rules. And like they that. do these little weird dances and stuff. Like, Buddy bought the team on a whim. Like, coming out of college, bought the team and because it wasn't doing well. And now you can't get a ticket to a Savannah Bananas game. Well, it's excitement, right? It's it's different. It's it's exciting. And, yes. And you, I, I totally agree with you. They're they're trying to put the excitement back in baseball because here's what happened. About twenty years ago, everyone started doing the analytics thing, but everyone started playing the game the same way. Yeah. So no more stolen bases, swing for home runs. Like it became too predictable. Everyone. So now I think this is. I think it's going to help taking the shift away. Putting the more stolen, you know, bigger bases. All depends more on who you ask, because I've heard a lot of players they do not like. Well, that. they'll, they'll <laughs> they get used to it. Not like that. Well, players don't like change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And plus, it's been so so much a part of the game, and it and it helps, I guess, uh, equalize it in certain mm-hmm. ways with certain hitters and everything. So yeah, but it, it, it's to try to make the game more exciting and more appealing to a younger crowd. Yeah, they need to, and I, I think it'll be good for the game. And, and as far as the leadoff hitter goes to the Phillies, it does feel like we heard from Rob Thompson the other day. We heard from Schwarber now. It feels like they're going to go Turner at the top and then Schwarber down below. The only thing I wonder is, is are they going to change this when Bryce Harper comes back? Because Schwarber and Harper, both lefties, I don't like them hitting right on top of each other. I think, I, I'd rather separate them with Turner in the middle. So I, I don't know if this sticks. It's, it's interesting. You know, I think I was reading somewhere where they were talking about potentially Josh Harrison could pro- probably be the DH until Bryce comes back, and maybe they can move him around in the yeah, lineup he'll a little play. bit. He, but he's not going to be – I don't think they're considering him to be like an everyday player, though. Yeah, he's not going to be he's like a platoon guy. Yeah, it seems like they're going to rotate. You know, one. It seems like they're not going to have a true fill-in for Bryce Harper. They're going to have mm-hmm. like four or five guys that play depending on the day and, and rotate that DH spot to keep guys off their feet. But I, if I had a guess right now, I would guess Trey Turner is going to bat leadoff to start this season. That would be exciting. Yeah. That, that would be exciting. And I'm, I'm pretty sure – Everybody in spring training is waiting to see. Was it Friday? That's when they, the Saturday. first game. Saturday. Saturday. Everybody's gonna be waiting to see what that looks like. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Two one five five nine two ninety four ninety four. That's how. And, and I got we got a tweet here from Howard. It sound it looked like they're doing batting practice today. Schwarber hit a home run off of Andrew Painter. He's, he's oh, the first guy to take him deep. Uh oh, Painter's done. That's a wrap, that's a wrap yep. for Painter. Yep. He already. It. Yeah, he's he's now he's baptism by fire. <laughs> got to pitch to Kyle Schwarber down <laughs> in spring make training. It. Yeah, bro, he got this too early. <laughs> he's got plenty, he got plenty of time. Got but he is time. apparently hitting 100 miles an hour. So <sighs> I, I, he's a hurler. Painter. That's not a painter. He's not a painter. That's a hurler, right? Got to get my baseball. Yeah. Baseball Maybe if he's a painter and a hurler, then it'll be really good. Yeah. That's like Verlander stuff. Let's talk to Drew in Westchester. What's up, Drew? Hey guys. I had a uh, point on a uh, defensive coordinator I wanted to get in uh, too, but starting off with uh, Howie, uh, I have been hard on him in the past. I'd still like him to get more consistent with the draft, but I do generally trust him here because when I look back on 2020, I think history has shown that, you know, both uh, Carson and Doug were very uh, culpable for that. And Joe, I've listened to you a long time. I know you're a big uh Doug guy, but mm-hmm. he did, you know, mess up that season too. He seemed very checked out. He did, yeah, Drew. Did. He did. I, I remember early in that season. <laughs> he must have knew he was getting. Fired. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I think I, if I'm remembering, remembering correctly, Drew, I think that summer he had COVID and he missed some time. And, and when he came back, and maybe it's because he was sick, but he just looked weathered. He looked tired. He looked out of it, and it, it just that whole season was just a disaster, Drew. I, I agree. Doug did have culpability that final season. Yeah, just in the press conferences, just seemed very beaten down, and I just don't see Jalen and Sirianni flaming out like that. I don't either. I, I, I agree with you. And the other thing, to, just to go to you before you make your next point on on yeah. the Doug thing, I you know Doug did not do a good enough job, and, and maybe Howie's part of this with the coaching staff, but they didn't when they lost 
Frank Reich, they didn't. They never filled that spot properly, right? It was Mike Rowe. I mean, they, they had a that that offensive coordinator thing was a mess for the next three years. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do think that's going to be super important. I like that Sirianni, you know, does kind of have a pipeline from coaching in different spots around the league. And that kind of brings me to my uh, point about a uh, defensive coordinator. One of the guys who I've seen who I am uh, really intrigued by is uh, Sean Desai. And I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on him, but what I do like is that he spent a season uh, recently under Pete Carroll. And I feel like Pete Carroll, I've always, you know, been a big fan of him as a defensive mind I feel like he's groomed a lot of coordinators so I am you know interested in pulling from uh especially knowing that Jim Leonard's out now that's a name that definitely interests me pulling from that tree me too Drew and uh, Drew we appreciate the phone call the Sean Desai one is interesting Hugh because he um he was the associate head coach with Pete Carroll so you know we were talking when Elliot was here he was talking about how like if it's Vance Joseph you kind of know you could just leave him alone. He's like mm-hmm. the head coach of the defense. I, I think Sean Desai kind of has that same thing because he was the associate head coach. He's, he's got some leadership um, on his resume already. He wasn't just like a linebacker's coach. Yeah, or and, and especially when, when Elliot was making a point that you're going to probably have to be, especially if you're talking about uh, promoting from within, probably want to be a little bit more hands-on with the offense. So that give you know, you have a guy that has that, that, that coaching experience, hand off the de- defense to him, and allow Coach Sirianni to, to kind of focus on the offense a little bit more to make sure that they evolve and develop the way that you want your quarterback to. It's interesting how the NFL's gone the last, I'd say, a couple decades. I, when, I, when, when I was growing up, it didn't feel like that as much, where the coach only had one side that was his. Now it's like every team is like that. There's like a, the, the coach is either what, offense or defense? Offense or defense. Some of them, like John Harbaugh was a, obviously a, a special teams guy, but for the mm-hmm. most part, you know, they're offensive defensive guys. And then they just, the other side of the ball, it's like, you well, you handle that whole thing. Yeah, and I, let me focus on this. That's kind of how Andy Reid was when, yeah. when Jim Johnson was here. Because Jim Johnson, there were times where he was up for a, a, a head coaching job. He didn't take it because he felt like he was a little bit older. But there were some opportunities there for Jim Johnson to become a head coach, and he didn't want to do it. Which is obviously worked out great for everyone here because yeah. he stayed here for so long, yeah. and he was a great coordinator. But that's the other part about it. Like, if you have a good coordinator, like, you don't like Gannon, but obviously people around the NFL do, you lose them. They don't stick around. Especially when they're young because everybody has aspirations of being a head coach at some point and doing things their way. So that's why you can't be mad at Coach Gannon for wanting to go out and, and coach a bad team. <laughs> well, you, you, you could say you're dopey for can, taking the job. I, I can fix them. I can fix sure them. Sure you can. Yeah, you, you bet. <laughs> well, you know what, people? I, I can't wait for the reaction. The Cardinals come here next season. Yeah. That, they, they'll play here. They're going to boo him viciously. Are we going to boo Gannon? We better not boo Jonathan Gannon. Oh, why would come we on, boo oh. Gannon? Everyone what? loves Gannon come around on. here. Come on. Come What's on, up, Joe. Gang? We're going to boo <laughs> Jonathan <laughs> Gannon. You're going to boo the hell out of him. No, I'm not allowing it. No booing Jonathan Gannon when he comes back. There's no hey, reason for they it. They should just play I'm that gonna, video when he walks into the I'm stadium. I'm just going to say good luck with that. Yeah, no one's going to listen to me on that one. I get it. I'm fighting a losing battle on that one. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Paul's in Downingtown. Hey, Paul. Good afternoon. You. What's going on, man? How you doing? (laughs) Great, man. It's awesome. I used to listen to you, Hugh. I I taught in uh, Carrollton, Georgia at the high school there when you were working in Atlanta, so it's great Uh, to hear you back home here in Philly. Appreciate you, man. uh, Appreciate you. Yeah, and congratulations to you, Joe. Um, I'm sorry that you're not going to lose the majority of your shifts to Phillies games this year, but it'll be nice to hear you more. Yeah, thank you, Paul. (laughs) Here's what I am not sad about. I'm not sad about those extra inning games when I would get home at like 1 a.m. after doing the post game. I am not (laughs) upset about that. I bet you're not going to miss those six to twos. But um, 
Hey, you know, one thing I'll say is I was wrong, um, so wrong on Howie. I was I was wrong on Jalen. If it was up to my dumbass, neither one of them, neither one of them would have been here at the start of this season. So you know, I've, I've come full circle. I think Howie's, you know, he's earned my trust by steering clear of the Pac-10 in the top round of drafts, um, and he's also earned my trust with his continued mastery of the of the salary cap, where he's always been excellent, and his player development has has, has also gotten better. So I'm I'm all about and how he retrust. I think he's going to show us something he hasn't shown us before. Um, but I'd like to talk a little baseball if I can, really quick. You of guys course, got, you kind of got the juices going there. Um, I'm I'm looking for a big year out of Castellanos. I know it might sound ridiculous or a little bit. <laughs> oh, trigger trigger I, warning! I can tell you right yeah, now, trigger yeah, warning. But, but I, I really, you know, I think that's going to be our answer in how we divide Harp and Schwarber. I, I see three, four, and five, and Castellanos this year. Is going to be in that thirty home run range. It's going to be at the whole time. We're going to be able to And the biggest thing to me about is the most disgusting stat I've ever seen in, in, a, in from a Phillies hitter is last season Kyle Harp Kyle Schwarber's home run RBI ratio. That sickens me. That it was such a waste of power last year for a guy to have ninety some odd RBIs to match with forty plus homers. I mean that is disturbing. That is a disturbing lack of production, for, you know, in terms of RBIs. There's no excuse for 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 having a guy that hits like that to to set him up. You know, first thing, I don't care what his feelings are. Having that guy hit lead off last year, we wasted so many runs. And I really hope that with the addition of a great player like Turner, the things he can do at the top of the lineup, and then the the, the psychological aspect of Schwarber kind of owning the fact that there is someone better at this job than him. I think will also play well because I know guys in baseball, they get a little weird about the numbers and where they hit. I think Schwarber's going to be happy to hit three, four, or five this year, and there's not going to be a lot of, you know, putzing around or bitching about it. And, then, you know, tough division, all of that. But I, I'm really looking forward to this Philly season, and I think we're going to see some balls flying out of the bank this year like we haven't seen in some time. Well, Paul, I, I appreciate the phone call. We, we appreciate it, and I can't wait. Um, there's, there's a couple things there. One, I, I don't think Schwarber's going to care. I mean, Hugh, I, I, you know, as much as we talk about Jalen Hurts as a leader, Kyle Schwarber is up there too. That guy is an unbelievable leader. Everywhere he goes, he wins. He, 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 he I'm a big fan of his. I, I don't think he'll complain. I think he'll hit wherever they hit him. You know, whether it's one or two or three or four, whatever. Um, as far as the, the Castellanos thing goes, I keep hearing he's going to bounce back. Everyone keeps telling me he's going to bounce back. I hope so because he was. Horrible last year. He thoroughly. What, what did he say that thoroughly irritated you last year, though, John? So he said he gets bored in the outfield. Okay, <laughs> the guys. He actually made some de- good defense plays in the playoffs, but for the most part, he's a wretched outfielder. And he just he made so many excuses for why he didn't play well last year. He talked about when you know he had it was a transition, right? He came here, it was mm-hmm. a lockout. Well, Kyle Schwarber came here, same situation, right? New city. New, he had forty six home runs. He was fine, and he also talked about how he had a baby, his wife, and, and he had a baby last year, so he was out of it because he had a baby. Guess what? A lot of people have babies, and they go to work, and they do their job. I mean, like, he just – he, he strikes me as an excuse maker, but he, but here's what worries me. They really need him. Without Bryce Harper the first half of the year, like, they paid this guy $100 million. They need him to be good. Yeah, when you're making that kind of money, man, the one thing that does not fly is excuses, Mm-mm. especially when, when people are counting on you. I understand that, you know, you have – Real world problems that you had to deal with, but you gotta you gotta put them by the wayside, especially when you go to work. When you go to work and you're, you're playing professional sports, nobody wants to hear that you have the same issues that they have because they don't look at you the same way because you're making a ton of money. 
One of the other things, if I'm remembering this right, Kyle, didn't he complain that we knew where he lived? So he bought Ben Simmons' house. <laughs> so what, what, why you buy the house? Dan? Which explains everything, by the way. Well, it, well, it <laughs> does. It, it's was, like the old Space Jam when they zap your power. Yeah. He, like, yeah. he was snake bitten by by the curse of Ben Simmons' home. But he complained that like that that was a story. So like so whatever someone wrote about it, yeah. which of course it's a story. Like one athlete buys another athlete's house, it's, especially it's, one that is vilified the yes. way that uh, Ben Simmons was. Probably I mean, what, what was he thinking look. even buying that in the first place, to be honest? Well, he like, probably got a deal. Probably I mean, a baller-ass yeah, crib, too. Yeah, huh? yeah, I'm sure it was a nice place. Nice balling-ass crib. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I hope the optimism on, on uh, Castellanos is is out there. I actually saw today the, the morning show put up a poll about Castellanos and whether or not you think he's going to bounce back. And people are saying yes. Uh, I mean, I I hope you guys are right on this. Because they, they, they're believing that he's he's learned from his mistakes, man. Yeah, 80, and, and, 84% this yeah, morning. You're believing yes. that he's learned from his mistakes and, and you won't do that again. The baby's on, a, little, a question. little bit older. Oh, I <laughs> forgot know? about that. Oh, baby. yeah. He's got that kind of personality where if he's playing really well, we'll all love him and we'll love his attitude. But when he's not, it's like, we hate you. Yeah, he also had a back and forth with uh, that was Jim Salisbury, right? Yep, Jim Salisbury, who is no longer going to be uh, reporting with the Phillies. Right. So. But of course, Cassiano's won that battle. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess so. He outlasted. Wait a minute, I missed that. What did he do? What happened? So he he, he was critical of the quest. I mean, Jim Salisbury, one of the most respected reporters in Philadelphia for Indeed. years. Yeah, and they went back. He didn't like the line of questioning. It was. This, I think uh, I got the audio. All right, let, let's hear this. This was uh, around the All Star break. Yeah, y'all got to get me up to speed, yeah, man. You know, uh, you, you I'm, I'm going to poison your mind on Castellanos <laughs> here. He drives me crazy. Here it was. I think it was around midseason last year. Castellanos, Jim Salisbury, a piece of their exchange where Castellanos obviously obviously very upset. Did you uh, hear the blues there when you struck out and they played the game there? No, man, I lost my hearing. <laughs> so you didn't hear? It. Come on, man, that's a stupid question. Why is it a stupid question? Can anybody else answer that for him? Anybody? Yeah, man, that's a stupid question. It's not a stupid question. If it's a stupid question, you should be equipped to answer all right, all right, it. I did answer it. All right, all right. The answer we should be able to answer a stupid we question. Got the, we got separated here. That mean that I can't say that it's a stupid question. It wasn't a stupid question. Of course, if I heard the booze, is, 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 that's a rhetorical question. So of course, it's a stupid question. Did you hear the booze? That's a stupid question. We got the answer. We're good. Thanks, guys. We're and you should be able to handle a stupid question. I did. I, I, this is what I missed about Philadelphia. The fact that the, the reporters the, the reporters are, hey, come after you. Yeah. Come after you. It, it's funny. And, and, you know, for me, the, the reference is, you know, Atlanta, of course. Trey Young had a sim- similar situation. And a reporter came after him. <laughs> I remember saying on the air, and they was like, well, the reporter was wrong. He was out of line. And I said, dog, do you know if he was in Philadelphia – they would have killed him. There would have been three or four follow-up questions just because you disrespected the reporter mm-hmm. because he's so well-respected in the city. Like, dude, they, they, other people don't know how well they have it in other cities because this here, this right here, this can make you or break you. Well, and Castellanos <laughs> came from Cincinnati. He was in Detroit. Oh, yeah, he wasn't ready. Like, no, he wasn't. He, he played in Chicago for 10 minutes, but he he was not ready for it. And and listen, that that question, did you hear the booze? Yeah, because that, that could that – could, be a huge factor in the way that you play when of you hear course. people booing you. Of course, and that was the point that of the season. That was legit. Yeah, and it was midway through the year, so people were starting to be like, hey, this guy's supposed to be really good, and he's stunk yeah, here. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure. You know what that was? That was a combination of him hearing at the, at the grocery store. Hey, Casilados, you stink. Yeah. That, 
the, that was what he had the ears. He was hearing it all. Yeah, all, yeah he had rabbit it all over ears. the place. Yeah. Come on, man. That's a stupid question. That's not Nick. Be- no, but I like how he tried to ask the other reporters, could anybody answer the question? Everybody was kind of like, no, nah, dog, that's that's all on you. you you're the player. <laughs> <laughs> We're asking you questions here. Yeah, he, I, I was not a fan of year one of Castellanos, as you could tell. I hope. I so hope it, he bounced back. So it's safe to say when we go to Clearwater, we're not going to get him as a guest. Well, we can. I, actually, I would love you to think, talk to you him. Think, you think we will? We just um, can't play him any of this tape. Yeah. We, if he's if they're listening, and we can't today, be we can't be polarizing either. We got to got to ask some straightforward, smart. Just questions. don't ask him stupid questions. Yeah, I just uh, I, I don't Nick. Know. I was just wondering. Last July, did you hear those boos? Come on, man. That's a I don't think that can't be the first question. No. That has to be towards the end. If it's the first, it might be the last. <laughs> yeah, that might be the end. <laughs> Justin is up on WIP. What's up, Justin? Hey, how are y'all doing today? Appreciate you taking my call, Joe and Hugh. Congratulations! Thank you very much. Thanks, sir. Justin. What's up today? What are you feeling? Hey, I just wanted to chime in on the uh, the anti Jim Leonard uh, narrative. So right after I called in, I was going to give a, a DC pick. I was a little bit nervous. Y'all had breaking news. I thought but maybe maybe they made a decision, but I'm happy to hear that's not him. My choice is uh, Jesse Minter. He's the DC from the University of Michigan. So a few reasons there. First, uh, I'm a an Ohio State fan, so I guess just backtracking a little bit between the way their season ended and and how the Eagles ended i could be uh i could use your thoughts and prayers nonetheless but just a couple pieces there i think if you're coming from college like your barometer for success is going to be how did you perform against the top dogs and i think you know ohio state well-respected program in college football and he did a really good job last year in in coaching to get him so a little bit of background they as an offense ohio state averaged 50 plus points coming into that game against their opponents they put up 23 against the university of michigan with him as D.C. Uh, C.J. Stroud, he threw six interceptions all year. Two of them were against uh, Michigan in that game. You look at some other stats, I mean, 30% third down efficiency, 0% on fourth down. And then he did have a stint with the Ravens. So, you know, he took over 2017 with the Ravens. 21 inter- interceptions as the D.B. coach. So all that to say, I think he's got he's a young dude. He's exciting, can bring um, just some energy and, and has a, a good history with him that I think he could – Bring to Philly, he's probably not other folks. Um, top choice is probably not on the radar, so he's a name. I know the Eagles are tracking to him, but thought it would be cool to bring up on the, on the radio. Yeah, today. he's probably the most under-the-radar name out there, because at least the Shula guy's Don Shula's grandson. Like, he's got yeah. a name. Minter, he is the most under-the-radar one, you. And um, it, it's, it's kind of like we're talking about Jim Leonard, a, a guy from college that could come to the NFL. Yeah, and, and, and the thing about Minter, don't know that much about him. You know, you talk about he was in, in Michigan. Uh, knew a little bit about Jim Leonard because of his background in the yeah. NFL. Not saying that he can't do the job, but you have to figure out a, the the best way to marry the 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 defensive coordinator with the team that that's gonna you know like have respect for the guy. Not saying that they're not gonna have respect for him, but you know some cats might look at that as a as a college college coach and be like, mm-hmm. hey man, what can what can you tell me at this point in my career? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a fair point, especially, you know, if you do retain some of the, the veteran talent, right? They're going to be – some of them Some of them are going to be a little bit older than he is. So yeah, it's, it's a little that. different, man. It's, it's different, man, because it's it's like – I used to always like to say it's kind of like prison rules. We did – like when Andy Reid got here, we did the same thing with Andy because Andy was a quarterback's coach. Mm. And I remember being in practice, man, and, and we were out there cussing and yelling. I'm like, man, this man don't know what the hell he's doing. And he heard me, and he told me to shut up. <laughs> he told me to shut up. But yeah, because you because you because you don't know what he's bringing to the table, right? You got to feel you got to you got to get a feel for it. And and once we got a chance to trust him, then you went you went on with it. Like say, for instance, of uh, Coach Joseph Vance Joseph, he's been in the game. 
you've seen some of the work that he had. Now, granted, his defense wasn't that great last year, but you look at some of the defenses that he had and, and the way that he plays. Yeah. You like that. So as a player, you look at that and and you already have like a preconceived notion of, of what the coach is, especially if he's coming from college. You know, like Brandon Graham might like him because he was he was Michigan. a Michigan coach. But outside of that, it's one of those things where you'd be like, oh, man, what, what is he What is he going to teach me that I don't already yeah, know? Yeah, kind of like an eyebrow raise before yeah, he gets yeah. there. you got to learn from him. you got, you got to figure out if he's the guy. 215-592-9494. That's how you hop aboard. Coming up next, your phone calls. Do you trust Howie Roseman to get it right this time post-Rupo? Last time he screwed it up. Can he do it the right way this time? And on the other side, we heard A.J. Brown's comments on the Jalen Hurts contract yesterday, but that's not all he had to say. Let's get to it. Hurts thoughts. Uh, he used thoughts on this Nick Sirianni story. This story is unbelievable he had on Nick Sirianni. We'll get used take on it and the rest of your phone calls. We lead you into Mark Cerise on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.